Tonight we begin with Taiwan reporting fewer than 200 COVID cases for the second day in a row since mid-May. There were 185 new cases and 15 COVID-related deaths on Monday. Health Minister Chen Shizong says the epidemic seems to have stabilized and may even be improving, especially in Greater Taipei. So far, more than half the cases since May 11 have been released from isolation. Let's hear from him now. During this COVID wave, from May 11th to June 12th, we registered a total of 11,547 cases. At present, more than half of them, 5,802 people, have been released from isolation. There now appears to be less pressure on the medical system, quarantine centers, and special quarantine hotels as more people get discharged. So now there's more room for flexibility. As of Monday, about 2,000 cases are receiving care in specialized COVID wards. That's down 14% from peak occupancy. At intensive care units, the number of patients is also on a steady decline. The government says that as hospital beds open up, higher-risk COVID cases will be transferred in from quarantine facilities for closer monitoring. A question on everyone's lips is, if you recover from a COVID infection, do you still need a vaccine? Physician Li Bingying from the Central Epidemic Command Center says the answer is yes. He says vaccination is recommended six months after the patient makes a full recovery because after that period, while they have some level of immunity, it is not as high as vaccine-induced immunity. The CECC says natural immunity against COVID-19 is believed to wane over time, leaving recovered people vulnerable to a second infection. Taiwan has had more than 10,000 COVID cases. Most of them had only mild symptoms and have returned to their everyday lives after recovering. Experts said Monday that these cases should still get vaccinated six months after recovering. People who've been infected should still get vaccinated after six months. The main reason is that vaccine-induced antibody levels are actually slightly higher than levels induced by natural infection. And if you've already been naturally infected, the vaccine will induce an even higher level of antibodies. But even vaccination is no guarantee against infection. A recent imported case was a woman who got fully vaccinated with the Pfizer vaccine in the U.S. in April. She still tested positive for COVID during her quarantine in June. The vaccines can effectively prevent symptomatic infection. They're about 80% to 90% effective at doing that. But their effectiveness at protecting against asymptomatic infection isn't high. It's kind of like you have COVID antibodies in your body, but the virus still sticks to your respiratory tract. On Tuesday, Taiwan will start offering AstraZeneca to people aged 75 and older. However, several countries have restricted the use of AZ among older people due to the lack of evidence on efficacy. It's possible that the protective effect on older adults is worse than for younger adults, but the vaccines still are very effective. So right now our recommendation is that it is suitable for anyone regardless of age, with the exception of children for whom there is no clinical trial data. Older adults can receive the AstraZeneca vaccine. With the COVID virus mutating, it's possible that recovered people can get infected again. In addition, it's not known how long vaccine protection lasts. Experts say COVID will become like the seasonal flu, requiring annual shots and booster doses to maintain protection. The World Health Organization says that people who catch COVID after having the pneumococcal vaccine are less likely to develop severe or life-threatening symptoms. 
That's led to a spike in demand for the jab, which protects patients against a type of microbial pneumonia. Doctors say it's a reasonable precaution, but they emphasize that its benefit is only in mitigating symptoms. It won't stop you catching COVID-19. The clinic just opened and a string of calls is coming in. They're all asking for the pneumococcal vaccine. We know of one patient who called six clinics before getting the jab. There's about 10 times as many inquiries as before. It used to be that we had to really work hard to educate people about the importance of getting vaccines to get them to listen and go for it. Now people are more proactive. They ring us or even come into the clinic. In just a few days, the clinic administered 50 pneumococcal vaccines. Now they've run out until more supplies come in July. The WHO recently advised that the flu vaccine and whooping cough vaccine, but above all the pneumococcal vaccine, can reduce the risk of contracting a severe case of COVID, perhaps by up to a third, and reduce the risk of death from COVID by 35%. Many viral infections cause complications with multiple microbial pneumonias. COVID-19 is a kind of viral pneumonia and is often complicated by microbial pneumonias. So if you get the pneumococcal vaccine and then contract COVID, you'll be less likely to get a microbial infection. Demand for the jab was also boosted by misinformation circulating among older demographics, claiming it could protect one from catching COVID. In fact, that's not the case, stresses this doctor. This vaccine won't prevent you getting COVID. However, if you get this vaccine and then you do get COVID, your symptoms may not be as severe there may be fewer complications. It has been internationally recommended that over 50s get one shot of this vaccine, which is effective for 10 years. The vaccine is in short supply, and its price has risen from about 2,000 to 3,000 NT. But for those willing to wait, it could be a reasonable precaution to take. Home test kits for COVID-19 are on the way. To control undetected viral transmission, the Food and Drug Administration approved the import of DIY COVID test kits last week. The products could reach the market in as little as a week. In the meantime, the Central Epidemic Command Center is drawing up protocols for their use. Quick screening at home is convenient, but they do hold the potential for false positives and negatives, so do not panic because you test positive at home. Every time we find a confirmed case, we start up an epidemic investigation. If we find the possible source of infection, we try to control it at the source. The immediate circle of contacts must be isolated if they meet the isolation criteria. Taipei Mayor Kuanzhou believes that mass COVID testing will get less and less effective as viral hotspots eventually fade. He says the more precise way to stop asymptomatic spread is to contact trace and to isolate all persons who pose a transmission risk. Taiwan plans to add quarantine time for flight crews after a COVID-19 outbreak that originated with China Airlines. Starting July 1st, unvaccinated long-haul crew will need to do an extra two days of quarantine for a total of seven. Their quarantine will be followed by a seven-day period of self-monitoring their health. As for those who have had one shot of a two-dose course, they'll do five days of quarantine if it's been at least two weeks since the first shot. If less than two weeks have passed, they'll do seven days just like unvaccinated crew. 
Starting in the second half of June, more and more airline staff will be receiving their second vaccine dose. Once fully vaccinated, they won't need to quarantine upon returning to Taiwan, but will be subject to the seven-day period of self-health management. The recent heavy rains have led to flooding agricultural areas and now the rising cost of produce, also in part due to the greater demand over Dragon Boat Festival. The price of tomato has at least doubled since the start of the month, while the cost of bok choy has quadrupled. As Taiwan's a level three alert stretches on, consumers are feeling the pinch when they stock up their kitchens. Leafy greens and apples, food and drink. The bill comes out to more than 1,000 NT. As people spend more time at home due to COVID, they're also spending more on living expenses. Because of the pandemic, they're cooking from home and working from home, spending more on everyday goods. To make matters worse, the price of fresh produce is on the rise. Cabbage used to be relatively cheap, but now the price is higher. It used to be 50 to 60 NT, but now it costs more than 100 NT. The price is mainly being affected by the rainfall we had on June 4th, 5th and 6th, which resulted in water damage that's reduced supply. On top of that, there are changes on the demand side. Because of the Dragon Boat Festival long weekend, there's been increased demand. That's why we're seeing a price fluctuation. In central and southern Taiwan, rains left fields flooded and vegetables ruined. The impact has been grave over the past several days, with less and less supplies shipping out each day. Lufagord and tomato prices have at least doubled, and leafy green costs are through the roof. Green-stemmed bok choy, which used to be 11 NT per kilogram, now stands at 61 NT, a fourfold jump. White-stemmed bok choy is three times more expensive. Prices are also up for water spinach, Taiwanese lettuce, and spring onion. Over the next few days, the price will go up again by 10%. As vegetables rot after heavy rainfall, there's less and less supply. The less supply, the higher the price. Shoppers hope the price surge won't last long. There's still at least two weeks before the end of Level 3. As consumers dig in for more time at home, they're also preparing for a pinch in their pocketbooks. Now, while the pandemic has brought much anxiety, there are also many uplifting stories. Ordinary people going the extra mile to support each other. Let's hear from one lady in Taipei who lent a helping hand to her elderly neighbor, as well as medical workers who rustled up a cake for a little boy on his birthday. Ms. Guo reenacts the scene for us. While working at her timber company, she received a phone call from an elderly lady asking when she could get a vaccine. The older lady on the phone was quite panicky. She was asking what category was she in, when would she join the queue, was she eligible? I said I would try and find out for her and help sort it out. Ms. Guo was able to get in contact with the borough chief in the lady's neighborhood and helped resolve the questions. 
Everyone is very concerned about this issue. I explained we are still waiting for the Ministry of Health and Welfare to make an announcement, and then we will let everyone know how to get their vaccines. Here in Hechen Borough in Nangang District, Taipei, there are more than 1,200 residents over the age of 65, more than 25 percent of the population. The borough chief has answered many inquiries about vaccines and was grateful for Ms. Guo's help. And there was an equally heartwarming story from the quarantine center in New Taipei. An entire family of five was recently admitted to the center after a nine-year-old boy was confirmed to have COVID. To make things worse, it was his birthday. But doctors and nurses made sure to mark the day with an online party and cake. We have many whole families with COVID in the center, and their mood is very heavy. So we thought maybe this is a time to give him a cake and a nice extra surprise. As the Level 3 alert continues, it's a time of frustration and anxiety for many of us. But there are lots of ways in which we can put a smile on our neighbors' faces just by showing a little bit of extra care and kindness. Amid the surge of local COVID cases, donations to charities are drying up. With no opportunities to hold fundraisers and shrinking corporate donations, NGOs say they are struggling to keep operations running. For most news reporter Stephanie Yan has the story. For decades, the Genesis Social Welfare Foundation has been providing care to people in a persistent vegetative state. Currently, it runs 17 nursing homes around Taiwan, caring for about 800 people. Even amid the pandemic, its nursing homes are running 24 hours a day. But amid the COVID outbreak, donations have plummeted by 50 percent. Material donations such as diapers, milk powder and receipts have also greatly dried up. Because of the impact of the pandemic, the economy has fallen sharply. Many people know that the Genesis Social Welfare Foundation relies on small donations to sustain itself. We've received calls from people saying that, due to economic considerations, they've had to cancel their donation subscriptions. Many stores have closed or they've put away our receipt donation boxes, so our receipt donations have decreased substantially. We were originally planning to hold more than 200 events at schools around Taiwan in late May. But since schools have closed, all of them have been cancelled. We are worried that our monthly income may fall by more than 10 million NT next month. According to the foundation, corporation donations fell by 50 percent in the week following the start of Level 3 COVID alert. In addition, the charity had to cancel 200 fundraisers it had planned for May. The foundation says it urgently needs donations. Taking care of a vegetative person costs about 40 to 60,000 NT per month. Our daily expenditure is more than 1 million NT. The Genesis Social Welfare Foundation cares for low- and middle-income families who are also going through tough times now. Our nursing staff will not hesitate to help them till the very end. I hope that the public in Taiwan can help the Genesis Social Welfare Foundation. Donating the cost of a diaper every day, a fixed amount of 300 NT per month, can help us care for our patients and their families through these difficult times. Meanwhile, the Zhen'an Homeless Social Welfare Foundation has had to cut staff at its service stations to just one full-time employee. Back at the start of the Level 2 alert on May 11th, the foundation was able to donate two weeks' worth of supplies to homeless people. But now it's facing a dire shortage of materials. The foundation asked the public to continue making donations to help disadvantaged groups through the pandemic. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Lu Bo Tong in Taipei.